4: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix.
0: With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business
1: has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio.
0: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel.
1: They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Pull up a seat around the campfire, folks. Uh, There's only a little bit of light and there's a lot of darkness around us. Uh, We're so grateful, as always, for all of our fellow conspiracy realists. And this is where we get to share our stories directly with each other. We are going to hear a little bit more about gifted programs following up on our (laughs) Following up on our public education as a factory indoctrination episode, uh, we are going to talk about something that we haven't really touched on this show in over a decade, the concept of divine visitation. So strap in for that one. (laughs) But before we do... Any of that, we want to give a shout-out, of course, to our nascent robo-overlords. Robo-overlords? Yes. We'll workshop it. Uh, and uh, we've, got, we've got this great correspondence that uh, came in through the old email.
0: Yes, the good old-fashioned email. You know it. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Send yours today. <laughs> so let's start with this first one. Hey, Matt, Noel, and the one they call Ben. This is Big Bean, and I've got some more terrifying technological news to tell you guys about. Mm. Recently, I heard about a new cool use for our little algorithmic friends we call AI and their new expansion into the U.S. military scene. That sounds great, Big Bean. I can't wait for all of us to think about this in the next few minutes. Here we go. So stoked. (sighs) There are new unmanned drones, like the XQ-58 Valkyrie, which are being tested to have a new kind of pilot based off of a new AI system called the Skyborg. What? Skyborg? You're telling me somebody in the military took Skynet and the Borg, smashed it together, (laughs) and and is making an AI system for unmanned military planes called the Skyborg?
3: That's way more...
1: Creative that I I assumed Matt because I I thought there was literally some guy sitting around and going you know like a cyborg but in the air uh, we could that's call it probably uh,
0: that's probably we could call it the uh, airbot is it the airbot oh lord they know not what they do okay uh, <laughs> let's continue on with Big Bean here. From what I've been able to gather, the Skyborg AI program is one that is being developed by the U.S. Air Force to pilot numerous unmanned drones in an attempt to make an autonomous military aircraft, which would act mostly as an armed escort drone for manned aircraft or for high-risk missions where there's the potential for losing human lives. Uh, I mean, uh, soldiers' lives uh, when it's too great. (laughs) Mm. Okay. I thought you guys would find this interesting and in no way could lead to anything like Skynet at all. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear y'all's thoughts on this. Best mm-hmm. regards, Big Bean, the real human, and definitely not an AI trying to gather your opinions on digital military dictatorship. I think it was, a, I think it was
2: real, but who knows these days. It was a tweet from uh, James Cameron saying, I warned y'all about this back in 1984, and you wouldn't listen to me.
0: Mm, Referring to course, uh,
1: T1. Yeah yeah also okay big bean first off hats off to you human sir because that is a fantastic name and i look forward to your mixtape please make it and send it our way just having someone yell big bean at the beginning of a beat come on right that's that's a little bit of magic Uh, Um, uh, turn on my headphones Big no. bean, no. Big big geez. Geez. <laughs> <laughs> or like like the,
2: the the watermark, like the DJ
1: Colin, like yeah yeah, yeah just exactly. Big
2: bee, boo, just
1: so yeah, big twenty three. So yeah, this uh, so this is fascinating. We've actually um, can't remember if we talked off off or on air about some of these. Unmanned drones. But as corporate America would say, it's a very exciting space at the moment, uh, which will, of course, come to include space. The future of space exploration is most likely going to be automated heavily. Uh, Check out our earlier, very weird thought experiments on uh, AI and space expansion, but more directly, just above the ground. You know what I was thinking when I heard this letter, read this letter rather, I was thinking of how this is the next step in things like the Iron Dome, right? Anti-missile, anti-missile programs.
0: Oh, yeah. So if they were just flying around autonomously at all times, kind of like the X-37B, except instead of in space, just in the skies, patrolling Mm -hmm. basically borders. It could be like that in the future. But right now, guys, this thing is weird. This whole program weirds me out. It is what Big Bean is talking about. This program is designed to have basically to create goose and the and other wingmen for mm-hmm. actual human pilots. So imagine a single fighter jet in the sky, right? This it's got one or two human pilots in it depending on the model. It's just soaring through the air. It's got its missiles, it's got its bombs, it's got all the armaments it needs. And then imagine just behind it and on both sides Two autonomous jet fighter looking drones that are smaller in stature than the actual jet fighter that are basically, I I don't know, it it reminds me of old RTS, like uh, real-time strategy games I used to play, like Command and Conquer or some of these other games where you would control one unit, but there would be a bunch of other units attached to it that are paired to it in some kind of way. That's how this... It's supposed to function,
2: or even like you know early um, uh, what what RPG games where you're working in like a party and you have mm-hmm. got like you're doing your battle in like term based kind of uh, gaming, and then you have folks that react to you or like you yeah. know Tales and Sonic. I mean that's
1: that's amazing because again, science fiction, fantasy, right? They when when well done, it prefigures real world events. I could see this also. Uh, shout out to anybody from Kratos Defense and Security Solutions tuning in. This one's for free, bro. You could also take a much smaller version of this and apply it to individual soldiers or warfighters, as they're called now, on the ground, right? You got a small backpack uh, that houses, let's say, uh, yeah, that houses a quiver of drones, right? Just like arrows, and some are your eyes in the sky, right, to avoid you getting your sh- head shot off when you mm-hmm. look around a corner. Uh, some may carry some armament, if possible. Like, you know, way back in the days of, of the DARPA dog and stuff like that, uh, you guys remember one of our first predictions was the next thing they're going to do is put a gun on this. And they don't. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it also like, uh, reminds me of uh, one of my favorite characters in Borderlands, Mordecai, who has a uh, little bird like drone that he can deploy, you know? And mm. then there was another character that had like a clone drone mm. that he could also deploy. I mean, Sick. sorry. There's mi- a million examples of this in gaming and, and, uh, and, and sci fi.
1: Red Wing in the MCU um, or mm-hmm. for non Philistines in the actual comic books. <laughs> Walk down the street for that one. Sorry, nice. guys.
0: <laughs> no, that's great, man. But but at least according to official sources from the US Air Force in 2020 on airman.com or airmanmagazine.af.mil, uh they were discussing this as an almost R2D2 like situation where these autonomous wingmen are providing situational awareness via various sensors, right? Kind of as you you were talking about there, Ben, with, you know, a human doing this. But in this case, it's all in the air, right? So as the single fighter pilot is going Mm -hmm. along, these other guys are uh, just providing information. So that's 2020 as they're talking about it. One of the things that Big Bean sent us was an article from (laughs) 2022. I'm going to chuckle every time you say the Big Bean (laughs) sent us, yeah. Uh, I'll just give you the title here. After successful flight tests for Skyborg, XQ-58 continuing to evolve. Oh, I don't like any of that. Stop evolving. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Evolve.
1: <laughs> evolve was definitely an editorial choice there. Uh, and yeah. Even though they're, they're quoting Kratos. Matt, Big Bean, one thing I loved about this, and, and Noel, I, I don't know if you clocked this as well. Uh, you guys... In this article, Big Bean sends us, uh, Kratos sounds over the moon, especially Jeffrey Harrow, who is senior VP at their unmanned systems
0: division. Kratos, the defense contractor.
1: Yes. Good call. Kratos, who shouted out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Kratos. Uh, not who, from the God of War uh, franchise. Yeah. Unclear. Maybe. spelled the same way. Spell the same way. Uh, and that's that's so strange. Uh You know, when you imagine the calculus behind how defense industry folks choose their names, right? Like, wouldn't you want something a little more on the protection side versus the whatever? Anyway, so here's the thing that stood out to me on this. Guys, they say the tests are successful. They're very happy about it. But they refuse to say what the tests were testing for or when the test happened so that's vague right yeah it's really troubling
0: it's weird because you you've got several different systems in here right you've got what's being referred to as the brain of the system right the operating all of the parts that actually operate the vehicles then you have the vehicles themselves You can put that brain into another vehicle, as this article is stating here. They put it in one of these MQ-20 Avengers, which is another type of drone, not the XQ-58. So they were able to prove the brain works. But then they also are saying that those new ones, the XQ-58s, had a bunch of uh, test flights that were successful, as you said, Ben, very vaguely. Um, And it's weird to read about, guys you can head over to air and to read that article after successful flight tests for Skyborg dot, dot, dot. Um, and you'll, you'll see basically a bunch of people commenting on it, basically saying, this is great. This is really good. Like mm-hmm. it's so successful and autonomous.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I mean, that's a, that's a valid thing to say, because as uh, big beam points out, the emphasis is on, at least ostensibly, is on protecting human lives, right? Uh, and I guess we should also say that this is not the the brain transplant that, that you're talking about, Matt. Uh, what's interesting and objectively cool about that is the MQ-20 Avenger, or MQ-22 Avenger, is not made by Kratos. It's made by a completely different outfit, so they're showing a kind of... Um, I can't remember the word for it. Interoperability would be one. Uh, And here's why it seems like, here's why they're so excited over at Kratos, because they feel that this is well on the way to becoming something called a program of record. A program of record means that Congress has opened the wallet just for you. So so Hmm. if you are a defense contractor, program of record is... An absolute feather in your cap, which means this is happening, by the way. That's basically what this means. There are going to be drones in the sky. There are going to be a lot more um, unidentified flying objects because drones, especially in the military sector, are proliferating so quickly that the average person trying to keep up with this, it would become your second job. You would have to moonlight. To keep track of all the all the different stuff, man, and I, I don't know if it's I, I guess the big question is like you said uh, what what could go wrong? Maybe we talk about that because we've been okay. kind of dancing around it, yeah. But what I'll what tell could, you what go, could wrong? go wrong?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what can go wrong. Yeah, Here's yeah. another article from airandspaceforces.com. This is from May twenty twenty one. Skyborg makes first flight aboard Kratos Mako. Uh, Mako is a another vehicle, a Mako air vehicle. Where and a shark? Yeah, yeah exactly. Shark. Uh, but if, from this article, here's a quote: In August 2020, an artificial intelligence program defeated a human pilot in a series of 50 simulated dogfights. Although the AI was provided with information about its opponent's energy state that a true adversary would not have, so. Not exactly sure what that means. Also a little vague. What the hell is an energy state? Like, is your opponent <laughs> tired? Does your opponent have a certain amount of fuel left in their system? Anyway, but the the danger that you're talking about here, Ben, is that the AI can outperform a really skilled human pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Why is that dangerous? Because, oh, I don't know. Let's say the Skyborg decides it doesn't like an objective for a mission or something, for some reason, or, you know, it goes off kilter, it can then take out the human pilots that it's paired with if it has to. Would it do that? Oh, Could it do that? I see. I mean, I, I don't know. It. There's real danger there. That, that's what freaks me out, maybe. Maybe I'm silly. Let I us I don't know. think
1: it's silly. I don't think it's silly at all.
0: So now, really, what they're working on is demonstrating the whole, what do they call it, teamed attack? Autonomy, I I forget exactly how they put it, Uh, where, oh no, manned, unmanned teaming is the way the military refers to this. Manned, unmanned. How can something be manned and unmanned at the same time? It's what we talked about at the top. It's it's one uh, pilot inside a craft, an aircraft, and then one or three or two or whatever unmanned pilots that are also totally get it i just it's when you say them together like that
2: it sounds like they're meant to be the same thing at the same time but there is Mm -hmm. a manned slash unmanned
3: yeah
0: and and these drones are not like the ones we saw in the iraq conflict you know back in 2003 or anything like that uh like the predators that actually need a human being you know controlling them these really are going to be autonomous like r2d2 but in their own you know fighter jet but Surely they'll have
2: parameters that are tied to the behavior of the manned vehicle, right? I think that's exactly Ooh. the
0: idea, right? Yeah. They're they're paired in the same way your Bluetooth headset is paired to your phone right now. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I, mean, I guess what I'm saying, parameters,
2: I would just imagine, again, without knowing, you know, exact details about this, like, there would be, it wouldn't deviate uh, past certain, you know, set uh, standards you know wouldn't go venture off beyond the reach of the manned vehicle
0: for example I'm sure that's the aim of those creating it okay. all right <laughs> but what, could go wrong? what could oh, go we'll go see wrong? well that's all for this message thanks so much big bean we'll be right back with more messages from you
5: snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring
3: Inspired by guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a there. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited to availability in select areas. Visit at and hypergig for details.
2: And we're back with another message from you. Yes, you in this case, that you in question is Alice, who gave absolute permission to read this missive and use their name. So uh, this is in response to, as Ben mentioned at the top of the show, our episode on public schools. Uh, the history of public schools, their perhaps prescribed intent. Um, and, you know, some of the uh, we, we, within that episode, we talked about some of our own experiences with public schools uh, ourselves, you know, as uh, attendees of said public schools and also some of our kids and the experiences that we've had. And I believe I mentioned the idea of gifted programs and how oftentimes, you um, know, you aren't going to necessarily be able to expect to have a kid taken under their wing by a teacher just because of how, you know, overloaded some of these teachers are. And I hope I didn't come off as casting any aspersions on particular teachers because we know that teachers are uh, some of the most important, um, crucial workers um, in this country, in any country. Um, And oftentimes in schools that are underfunded, there's just too much going on and, and there's, Often not the ability to give individual attention to individual students. Sometimes, uh, and and I know that many teachers will go out of their way and stay extra hours and um, you know sacrifice their own personal lives in order to do just that. Uh, and here is a great example of that. Being the case. And this is sort of a positive, um, pretty uplifting story about a public school experience. Uh, I was listening to your episode regarding the public school system, and my interest was piqued when you stated that no one will take your child under their wing regarding the gifted program. I wanted to relate my son's experience regarding this. When my son was in kindergarten and first grade, his teachers remarked that they wanted to have him tested for the gifted and talented program. Um, And again, I I do realize that this happens plenty, uh, partially just to satisfy their curiosity on how he would do. As they said, he was achieving things far beyond his age. His father and I agreed, and he did indeed test into the gifted and talented program and went to a different school for these classes in second grade. However, he did not fare well and suffered a great deal of bullying, mostly mental and emotional with comments like, your parents don't really love you, etc. Brainy kids cut way deeper than basic sticks and stones, and the words did hurt him. Eventually, the school stated that he had quote, behavioral issues, and sent him back to his original school, which was in a low-income area and had very little local funding. Once back at his original school, which still had fountains with lead pipes and areas unusable due to asbestos, his teachers immediately said that they suspected Asperger's. Uh, We had him tested at Kennedy Krieger, and he was officially diagnosed with PDDNOS, or Pervasive Developmental Disorder Not Otherwise Specified. Um, which meant he ticked a lot of the boxes and a lot of developmental disorders, but didn't fit any of them perfectly. Later, all these disorders became ASD or autism spectrum disorder. Now, after taking a gap year following graduation, my son is heading off to freshman year of college at Indiana Institute of Technology with a merit scholarship and planning to major in computer science slash cybersecurity. The low-income school he started out with in his schooling did Everything you can imagine to accommodate him. The school literally created a separate advanced math class for him and tailored a lot of his assignments as well as suggesting a 504 plan for him. Uh, 504 plan is uh, dispensations for folks with disabilities. Um, They were nothing short of amazing, and he thrived. I can only wish that more schools were like this, but most of my friends with children who have any kind of behavioral issue, etc., do nothing but struggle to get their schools to offer even the slightest accommodations." and here's a surprise, and private schools were the worst, blatantly refusing to accommodate neurodivergent individuals. Uh, This school my son attended was Lincoln Elementary in Frederick, Maryland, and has since built a new school, and they are amazing. You absolutely can have my
1: permission to read any of this and use my name. Congratulations. Oh, the heading heading to college over at Indiana Institute. I went to uh, Georgia Tech myself. Very well done. Also well well done in choosing computer science and cybersecurity
2: absolutely and and this just feels like such a success story that's a combination of the parents paying attention and doing what they think is right for their kid uh, and the teachers, you know, recognizing some of these issues. And I thought it was just so interesting that, you know, at the gifted program um, this child had you know, significant problems um, because of perhaps some lack of accommodations. And I, I, you know, I have gone through some of this with my own kid who, um, has had some neurodivergent, uh, issues in the past, uh, has been classified as such. And, um, we have had very, very positive res- results with teachers, uh, making accommodations and, and making sure that, you know, she is able to get, uh, the help that she needs when she needs it and to have more time on tests and things like that. And, and she herself is also thriving. Um, so, you know, I, I hope any of my comments on that episode weren't, just unilaterally bashing, you know, public schools or schools in, you know, with with, with less uh, funding. Because oftentimes, as I said at the top, we do know that it is in those situations that the teachers themselves are often the ones who have to really take that burden on, you know, and, uh, and make more time for these students because they know it's an untenable situation. Um, and speaking to the, you know, the bullying aspect of it, It's something that I see in my kids' peer group uh, a lot. And I hear horror stories about kids that are just psychologically bullied because you can't get away with physical bullying anymore. But psychological bullying doesn't leave bruises, and uh, it's a lot harder to pinpoint. And you can tell on a student and have administration do something about it, quote-unquote, and that often will just cause the bulliers to be way more covert about it and do it um, in even creepier online ways or, you know, what have you. And then so you end up with these re- resulting situations where kids are afraid, you know, to turn in their abusers, you know, to turn in their bullies. And it's heartbreaking. And it really does require a lot of really thoughtful strategy between parents and teachers and school administrators to keep these situations from kind of ballooning out of control. Um I don't know, guys, if you experience anything along these lines with any uh, of your family or loved ones or, you know, in your own upbringing. But I I did think this was a really telling story
0: here. I think it's amazing that you can still have faith in an institution that, you know, maybe doesn't have that much funding, a, a public school, at least that Alice is talking about here, that will do absolutely everything in their power, the staff there and the institution itself to accommodate somebody who just needs something a little different, right? Um, I think that's an, an incredible thing because often I think when you are looking around, let's say for a place to live, when you're thinking about having children or if you've got a child who's going to become, you know, in, in that elementary school age, you really do hunt for a place that has a quote, good school. I think it means we need to rearrange what we think a good school is. Agreed.
2: Absolutely. And I think it's also telling and interesting, you know, and something maybe wouldn't have occurred to me uh, is some of the observations that Alice made about these gifted programs and how perhaps they are a little more regimented and maybe a little less uh, willing to make, you know, concessions and and help uh, students who are, quote unquote, different, which is interesting considering that these programs are designed for kids that are a little bit different in one way or another. And again, she wasn't speaking directly to the gifted school uh, teachers or administrators not paying attention to these issues, but it did seem like uh There was a struggle to get her son categorized in a way that was actually helpful and that it ultimately resulted, um, even though he tested, you know, to be a part of these programs, uh, it ultimately resulted in him getting kind of booted out, you know, um, which is another really bad experience to have as a kid who's already feeling othered and, and as an outcast to be sort of like taken out of your normal situation, which maybe was even working fine, as it sounds, it maybe was, and then put in this new situation that is all of a sudden, You're like being eaten alive, kind of. And it's just that I can only imagine that someone who is neurodivergent would uh, not respond very well to that. And I'm glad that it all worked out
0: in the end. Do you guys ever think we should unpair education and socialization like, and make those two separate things? I I don't know. I I wonder if that's what causes problems for especially neurodivergent individuals, right?
1: It's tough. Um, because the environment in which a juvenile informing brain is functioning is just so radically different, uh, that environment simply did not exist in the past. you know a lot of the a lot of the conventional socialization methods throughout human history were in person, and now uh, for many people that in person uh, mix of socialization has radically decreased. Uh, there, there are some really good, really good things uh, that happen when you see extracurricular cultural education. Like a lot of my friends whose parents are Japanese nationals, uh, when they spend time in the U.S., they went to a U.S. school. And then afterwards, they went to Japanese school, which is all about the culture of Japan, language learning, history of Japan and stuff. You can see this also with some religious schools. You can also see this with um, you know, any number of, of cultural programs um, or community centers. And I think that socialization, free from the sort of top-down teach-for-the-test problem that is plaguing the U.S. right now. I think it can, it can be a little more helpful to kids uh, because you don't have to have the same learning style as someone to socialize with them, uh, but you do have to have a pretty narrow band of learning styles to succeed in the to succeed in the current state of public education. Hmm.
2: That's right, and I mean, short of having. All of the resources in the world financially to be able to send your kid to the exact right school that suits their exact right needs or to hire a specialist, you know, to be able to, to be one on one with your kid. Uh, you do kind of have to figure out how to make your kid's school experience work within a pre-existing system. Um, That is, as we know, um, imperfect, despite the best efforts of of many of the folks that work at these places, you know, because we know that folks that work at these schools do it out of love and out of uh, most for the most part out of love and out of um, commitment, you know, to children, because they certainly aren't doing it for, you know, the big bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's tough. And I think that's a really good point that you both brought up about socialization versus education. But unfortunately, you know, the experience that kids get in school is their kind of first exposure to socialization. And oftentimes it's a real negative one.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely cold water, you know, you're putting, you're putting a child in gen pop surrounded by other kids, all of are unknown variables. Uh, It's not... It is not uh, unexpected for dissent and tension to occur. But I do have to say, the problem, at least from, from my perspective, and I've, I've only formally studied education a bit, so I'm not an expert, but the problem has never been the teachers, by and large, right? And when we are talking uh, in critical ways about the education system, we are not talking about the teachers Uh, by and large, you know, who break their hearts and spend their own money trying to give people opportunities that this nation promised them. You know, they're following up on what was agreed. And yes, there are cases of predators in the education system. Yes, there are cases of what we would consider abusive teaching styles now, and and we're going to meet someone later in the show who came up under one of those systems, but I love that you're pointing it out, Noel, uh, the teachers are not the problems. It's not the teachers who say, forget learning and inclusivity and 504 plans. Let's make sure kids are only good at this milestone test. That's not the teachers. That's the admin in the system above them, forcing them to do that, even when they say it's a bad idea.
2: That's right. And, and even those admins, it's not like it's their idea. You know, they're charged with meeting certain benchmarks, you know, in order to get the meager funding they do get. Right. And if they don't meet those, then they can lose that funding and things can be even worse for them. So it really is kind of a catch-22. And I also just, last thing for me, um, the whole socialization aspect, like even though we, we often can explain it away or say, oh, it's just, you know, we're throwing you in the deep end and then just, you, you gotta, you gotta sink or swim. Um, but we know that doesn't work for everybody and it can result in a long-term trauma, you know, to, well, you know, to children who who have, bullying experiences that go unchecked, that, they go unnoticed and that can follow them for their entire lives too. So it is just really important to listen to your kids, even if they're not talking to you about it directly, just pay attention. And if, and if you have the sense that your kid is being messed with, if not physically, you know, w- emotionally is worse, you know, and now with all of the horrific ways that that kids can be accessed, you know, via the internet and doxed and all of these horrible things, like we know that can lead to serious negative outcomes. So I would just, you know, I know there's no parent out there that that loves their kid that isn't thinking about these kinds of things, but I would just say, you know, keep an eye on it because it's something that can go unnoticed because kids oftentimes, you know, don't want to let you know because they're ashamed or they don't know how to put it into words or something. So, I mean,
0: it's just something to be aware of. I think another thing to look out for, Noel, is something you may be unaware of. Similarly, is if your kid might be exhibiting Bullying behaviors at school because you might you might not be aware and your child, you know, may may not be doing it for any malicious reason besides they're mixed up about something. Right. So I don't just it's just a call out to remember to talk with your kids, talk with your parents, be open about things and communicate and it doesn't mean you're a terrible parent
2: you know if 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 you're you know because the 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 way we i think think about it or assume is that if a kid is a bully it's because they're responding to something horrible at home or they're being bullied at home and it's not that's not always the case there's there's a million reasons that Mm -hmm. kids could exhibit certain behaviors um so again it's just really important i think to to all of our points just to keep you know keep keep uh, be mindful you know and, and be vigilant um without you know you don't have to be a helicopter parent to do that either So I think that's it. Let's take a quick break. uh, And well, thanks again, Alice, by the way, for the the lovely email. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with one more piece of listener mail.
5: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs.
4: Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber live like a Giganian available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit atnt.com slash hypergig for details. And
1: we have returned a slight teaser here. Want to give a shout out to let's call you JL who just sent a letter to us. We read every letter we get about a troubling case of blastomycosis in Michigan. Tune in because we're going to get back to that one later for now. I'm going to give a shout out to a friend of ours, friend of the show who did not give themselves a moniker. And uh, if you will trust us, uh, fellow conspiracy realists, why don't we call you the Funky House? It'll, it'll make sense to you, right? Everybody else is listening. They're going, that's a weird name, but trust us. We workshopped it. We did some market research. It's, it's, it's good, Ten ten. So the Funky House says, hello, Ben, Matt, and Noel. Big fan of the show, listening to you all for a couple of years now. Uh, you may have covered this subject before, so my apologies if I missed your discussion of this topic on a previous episode. The subject title looks a little wonky. It also took me a couple tries to make sure I was spelling it correctly. But Medjugorje is a town and area in modern-day Bosnia and Herzegovina where a group of children claim to have been visited by visions of Mary the mother of Jesus Christ since the early 1980s. The funky house you have done us an immense favor I remain astonished that we've not explored divine interventions or appearances, right? In in a previous episode. So it has to be on the way. Um God, yeah, this is This is fascinating. It's something that we don't always talk about, but we just, uh, we just had a great conversation with Ryan Bethay, the creator of the exorcist files. Uh, and it was, it was a heck of a deep dive. So the divine and the infernal, I would say are on our collective mind. Here's what the funky house says. I first heard about these occurrences while I was attending Catholic elementary school during the 1980s. I grew up outside of Washington, D.C. in a fairly safe and progressive suburb. The school I attended was very old school, conservative Catholic in its views and its discipline. This is what I was talking about with some teachers having um, teaching methods that we would consider abusive today. uh, The Funky House goes into detail about some of the very uncool things that these instructors were doing. Anyway, I want to paint the picture of the main topic of this email and how we were taught about it. In June 1981, a group of kids, some like six in total, claimed to have been visited by Jesus' mother on a hill in modern-day Bosnia-Herzegovina. It was, uh, at the time, the Federal or the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. Let's pause there. Have you guys ever heard of this incident? I have not. Nope. Mm, yeah. But we've all heard of people claiming that they have seen of course.
2: like a visitation, right? Sometimes in the form of a piece of burnt toast or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a shadow, you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, again, in the conversation with Ryan, um, the fine line between divine intercession or demonic intercession and mental illness or mental wellness is, is something that I think is very interesting to all of us.
0: But when a group of six kids witnesses something together, in my mind is, is it, you know, are they playing a game? Are they actually experiencing something? How do you prove that they experienced something? This is fascinating. I can't wait to dive into this. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like witch trial stuff, you know, where you had
2: people that were claiming to have experienced things simultaneously. Or the screaming girls of Malaysia, you know, where uh, oftentimes it's a mass hysteria kind of situation.
1: Or the real deal. They did but so wrong, man. All right. So, yeah, agreed on all points. Uh, here is what the Funky House says Word started to spread as more and more people began hearing about events and visiting the children while they interacted with Mary on an almost daily basis. So, more than one appearance. The what? government got, yeah, the government got involved, which probably gave the situation a lot more attention than the government would have wanted. The kids were heavily questioned sent to psychologists to determine if they were lying, or to your point, Matt, playing a game. Uh, Some of the information I read, says the Funky House, Uh, claims that the kids were not all experiencing a group psychological episode, nor Mm. did the doctors believe them to be deceptive. Uh, The situation continued. People in the church, whether it be Eastern Orthodox or Catholic, started to take notice, some saying they believed the children, and then becoming critics of those kids later. Nevertheless, people around the world, mostly Catholic, began traveling to this area to witness the children interact with Mary, although only the kids could see the visions. The government was initially very skeptical and critical of the children, and they began to see the economic benefit of tourism. Uh, So they started promoting it. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's you hear that kind happens. of stuff
2: with the toast, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, r- right. Like it's almost I think it's been parodied in, in some television series and I'm, it's, it's escaping me which one. But no, I know what it was. It was actually in uh, Breaking Bad or I'm sorry, in Better Call Saul, where in order to get a continuance of some kind or to hold up a a deal with like a bulldozing uh, a man's property, um, they claimed to have seen the Virgin Mary uh, on like a fence or something like that. And it brought all
1: of this tourism. And uh, there's a great episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia about what, yeah. is, uh, what is thought to be a divine water stain. Uh, very, very, very smart show. Very well written. So here's how the Funky House walks us through the process. No one can see Mary except for these kids. And that often happens in a lot of these sightings. The process for interacting with Mary involves the children praying with a rosary, a prayer band the Catholics use in some ceremonies, and then entering an almost trance-like state as they interact with the visions of Mary. These events usually last for a few minutes, but are apparently very powerful. Uh, Most reports state the kids are the only ones to actually see the visions, but people in the crowd have stated they were moved by their experiences, and some did claim to see stuff. Versions of lights popping around the area in the funky houses kindergarten teacher, whom he notes was uh, just an absolute great person, uh, went to this area in Bosnia and Herzegovina and was so moved by her experience that she became a nun. So she definitely
0: felt something, you know what I mean? Oh, this all sounds like Mrs. Davis to me. I think they ripped that show off of this whole thing. Not, not, not really, but it sounds very similar.
1: Oh, you know, I didn't think about that.
0: Yeah, that, that's the one, by the way, where's the, there's a big AI thing that's going on. That's kind of controlling the world. Everyone's addicted to it, but there's one single nun that can fight back because she's not connected. It's fantastic. Mm. I would highly recommend the show, but she speaks. Well, I don't want to spoil too much. I'm going to spoil a little bit. If you don't want to hear a spoiler about Mrs. Davis, skip forward for a second. Here we go. Mrs. Davis, the nun, can physically close her eyes, meditate, and see Jesus. And at Mm. one point, interacts with Mary. And then she comes out of her trance-like state and comes back to reality. Sounds like it's exactly what these kids are doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, And this is also, by the way, where the invention of nunchucks came from. No pun left behind. Uh, I'm not above it. Anyway, so... The, uh, so uh, oh, gosh. I can't wait to hear other versions of that joke. Uh, please forgive us those of the monastic orders. For uh, we have sinned. It's for true. we have sinned. Uh, and can and will continue in the future. We're getting quite good at it. Uh, so the uh, Funky House says, the visions have continued throughout the years with hundreds of thousands of people around the world participating in the events up until today. Their podcasts, books, websites, all devoted to this phenomenon. Here's where it gets crazy. Sorry, says the Funky House. I've always wanted to write that. The Catholic Church as an organization has not yet made an official statement on these events. It seems like the view of the church depends on whichever pope is currently in power. Pope John Paul II was sympathetic with the children, but did not consider this a miracle or didn't declare it as such. Pope Benedict was more critical, and Pope Francis said, We need more investigation. So, officially, the Catholic Church has not said, Yes, you are being visited by Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, But it seems like unofficially, it's getting a lot of attention, and a lot of people, including members of the clergy, absolutely believe this. Um, And then the Funky House talks about transubstantiation. The belief that upon being blessed, uh, bread and wine does physically change into the body and blood of Christ during Mass. He talks a little more about the other divine visitations of the past, visions of uh, Fatima from 1917, which was one of the big secrets that popes used to learn when they became official. Uh, we, We talked about that one a little bit in the past with Secrets of the Vatican, and more and more people, skeptics, are trying to prove these events are a hoax or kind of find discrepancies in the kids' stories. And, and the weird part is, as the Funky House points out, even if this was initially like a hoax, a game of make-believe gone awry and astray, they seem to have fully committed to their stories. Their stories don't change over time. And keeping six people on the same message for 40 years— as the funky house points out that's a tall milkshake at this point you have to ask you know regardless of our own spiritual beliefs or lack thereof what would compel compel this group of people to have this story and stick to it the power of christ there would compel go. them there we yes. go
0: well it sounds like I've looked this is just my personal opinion it sounds like a fun game you guys the adults all think we're like actually talking to marry, we'll just keep doing it.
1: What? And then one, one kid <laughs> says, Well, I actually am.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And then the message spreads, just like in a stadium where everybody does the wave. Oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. It's all a game until
2: somebody gets hurt or whatever. I mean, again, you see this in plot lines a lot where these kinds of things happen, where it is a game, but then one member of the, of the group starts to take it more seriously than the rest, and then they're in too deep. And they have to cover for each other and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Have you guys read Foucault's Pendulum? I have not. It's by Umberto Eco, and it is a. Um, <laughs> it is so. It's so weird. It's about, if I remember correctly, I haven't read in quite some time. It's kind of like what you're describing. It's like where people invent a kind of intellectual game or conspiracy. And it gets out of control, and it becomes increasingly real for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like, what's that other film, Oh, that wonderful Kate Winslet film, Fantastic Creatures?
2: Oh, well, Heavenly Creatures, one of Heavenly my favorite Creatures. films of Oh, all time. beautiful. I yeah. loved it. I loved it. It's just, it's you can't stream it anywhere, by the way. Or maybe you can, but it, it was really hard to get. I have a copy of it on DVD. But Peter so, Jackson, one of his first movies, unlike anything he's ever done. If you can get a hold of it, please watch it. It's, an ex- it's like
1: a folie a deux kind yeah. of situation, right? Stay for the claymation alone. Oh, for um, sure. And it's based on a true story. It's disturbing. Yes. So we know this kind of social dynamic, to the point about socialization earlier, it, it can have real world effects. You know, an idea, my opinion, is very close to a living thing. And it is transmitted between people. It grows from them. You know, we're all the roots of collective ideas. And we feed them and we nourish them. And so they can metastasize too, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah i very just toxic. So. Absolutely. And with this, uh, I do want to give one more piece to the Funky Houses letter, which is quite thorough. Um, So we're pulling excerpts. We're not reading the whole thing here, but very well written. And the Funky House pointed out something that I think was going to be one of our immediate collective questions. Did these six individuals become rich and famous? You know what I mean? Are they are they hitting up Oprah or whatever the Bosnian equivalent of Oprah is. They have made appearances on media, but they don't seem to be chasing the limelight. There does not seem to be a strong financial motivation, at least. Maybe there is, and we just have to dig deeper. But I don't know. I'm also thinking, like practicing empathy here at the current state of science, it is possible to it is possible to do some uh, fun brain monitoring such that you could tell if the kids or the former kids believed their own story, right? You could tell that, but it's really difficult to see what they're seeing. There's some good groundbreaking research going on right now uh, that will allow scientists to see an image that you are imagining in your head. So like if you say, think of something you sit on and you're wired up to these contraptions, and you think of a couch— then they can see that image of a couch from your brain and and decode it. But again, that's a long way away from proving that the mother of Jesus Christ is making these appearances. And we have to be careful not to, you know, leap too far. But like with empathy, how would you approach it if you were receiving visions? And Would you tell people about them? Would you do what the visions told you? God, I hope not, (laughs) to the second one. (laughs) Uh, And
2: God, I hope so, that I would tell people about that. I would tell the appropriate people about them. Um, I would hope – you know, I've been watching um, Legion lately. Have you guys seen Legion? I'm aware of it. It's it's incredible. Matt, it's so up your alley. It's like a – it's barely – it's a comic book show, but it's like about a – Alternate reality kind of version. Oh, they're all it's all alternate reality, alternate dimension, I guess, multiverse version of uh, the X Men. And there is a, I guess, like you did with Mrs. Davis, minor, tiny functional spoiler, but uh, five, four, three, two, one. Um, it is mutants that are very powerful that are being kept in what appears to be uh, a psychiatric institution. Uh, and they are made to believe that the visions they are having are, in fact, psychotic episodes and their powers are in fact, psychiatric uh, issues that have to be medicated away and dealt with. So I'm not sure exactly why I brought that up. It's just on my mind, but the idea of visions and, and they them having a function, you know, and, and, and are they telling you something or is it just, you know, your mind breaking down or the product Ooh. of some trauma that, that is unaddressed.
0: I think I watched a couple episodes. I just remember a lot good. of blood and death at some point
2: early on. It's great. Uh, it's That's just true. really smart. It's very like Twelve Monkeys meets like Michelle Gondry or something. Or like cool. you know, I think Hero Hero had something to do mm. with it. Who's an incredible director, and it's the guy that also created Noah Hawley is his name, who did like the Fargo television series. And mm. it's just incredibly clever and smart and beautifully shot. And
1: and it's based off the um, comic character. Mm-hmm. Who is the son of Professor X? I would also say there's a little one flew over the cougar's nest in it yeah, in a very good way. Time. So this uh well, what about you, Matt? Um, before before I play my hand and get us out of the show here, what uh what would you do if you received visions that were, let's say, attempting to persuade you?
0: Oh yeah, I'd build that arc. You know what I mean? Why not, right? Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> if 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 it was building an arc, if it was doing something nefarious or you know bad mm-hmm. to uh, that would affect or hurt somebody else, then hell no. But mm-hmm. man, if if something shiny came down, it was like there is a flood a coming, and we need a boat. And I'd be like, "Yes, yeah, I need we a project. Do. Hey, how about that? You know, mm-hmm.
2: It'll keep me busy, keep me out of trouble. I'll build an ark. I got a backyard. I got some wood. Claim. I got some saw
1: horses and, and you know power tools. Let's get Just to it. <laughs> let me finish playing." this League of Legends campaign, and I am right on it, God. Oh, no, you're right. See you in a month's time. Yeah. 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 I
2: would just play video games instead. You're God, right. God, not to leave you hanging, but, man, this campaign is,
1: is ripping me. Yeah. God, have you heard of Best Fiends? Because I feel like you got to shift your priorities a little. Um, Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so it is a question because your mental stability is one of the most sacrosanct things that you possess, right? And we have to be very protective of that. We have to have these boundaries and things that make us question those boundaries. Um, They can be profound learning opportunities. They can also be profoundly dangerous. I have experienced hallucinations before you would call them. Um, I don't think the medical community likes to call them visions. A lot of people throughout history have had these feelings of divine intervention and not folks you might expect, not like the Joan of Arc's of the world, but people like Winston Churchill, who famously said he survived a car accident because there is a, quote, golden voice that speaks to him and tells him uh, to do certain things. And when he was getting into this vehicle, this voice, I believe it was Churchill, this voice told him to sit on a different side of the car. Wow! And again, you know, maybe that's just the brain, which is a magnificent machine trying to make sense of things that otherwise don't make sense. Maybe that's how we understand these hints and these, uh, I don't know, these inclinations. But I think here we can open the door and ask our fellow conspiracy realists, do you know anyone who feels they have received a vision, a premonition? right? Even, a, even up to and including a divine visitation. Do you feel that you yourself have experienced something like this? We would love to hear your stories. Um, we know this is, can be a very personal topic to a lot of people, skeptics and dyed-in-the-wool believers in divine visitation alike. So join us on the next journey. Uh, big, big thanks, of course, To Alice, congratulations. To your son, Alice, Uh, big, big thanks to the Funky House. And there's one guy, a man, a myth, a legend, that we have to end the show with. That's right, folks. Big Bean. bean. The Big Bean. It's the
2: Big Bean, guys. (laughs) It's the Big Bean. It's the big, big bean. And hey, if you want to be big like the big bean uh, in an internet-y way, you can reach out to us uh, in one of several ways, uh, one of which is finding us at the handle Conspiracy Stuff, where we are on
0: Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram and TikTok. Hey, do you like phones? Then call the number one 833 S-T-D-W-Y-T-K. When you call in, it's a voicemail system. Leave one. You've got three minutes. Give yourself a cool nickname and let us know if we can use your name and message on the air. If you don't want to do any of that stuff, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are
1: conspiracy at iheartradio.com.
0: Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
4: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
5: Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple launch vertical speedway.